Oh, my God. 
35 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Hello. 
Bernie, only you can answer that question. But I will tell you that Shlomo HaMelech, the wisest of all men, said, Lakol Zman, Be'es Lakol Chefetz, Tachas HaShemoyim. There's a season and a time for everything under the heavens. Lakol Zman, Be'es that change what's what's gonna give me that push to bring me back to change let your son let Daniel be your inspiration Salboni to Alamos 
So many nights I get home so late, I, I don't even get a chance to see Daniel. You know, it's right now, it's, it's his bedtime. I wish I was home so I could tuck him in, tell him how much I love him. <laughs>
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast that comes from the uh, Ohel concert back in 5770. The uh, Dvekas medley uh, with that whole story intertwined within the music. Uh, Ohel concert from nine years ago. I was just discussing that concert with Ellie Kleiman last night. It's funny. <laughs> we were just talking about the uh, the video that uh, we did in advance of that concert. Pretty funny. Uh, Yaakov Shweki with Inshallah, Hallelujah, done by Uri Davidi, brand new. Barry Weber's Yachat, Hakomi Shamayim, very brand new from Mordechai Shapiro. And, of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Thursday on this June 20th, day 17 in the month of Sivan. Good morning. It's the year 5779. Tough Shinai in Tess, 66 degrees, heavy thunderstorms, and a high of 78. This um, rough weather ain't ain't leaving us. Scattered thunderstorms tonight with a low of 68. Tomorrow morning showers and a high of 80 degrees. Yushalayim is at 80. We're at 66 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Um, today's a big day. Thursday at uh, JM in the AM with uh, Rabbi Fendel joining us from Stay Road. Ellie Kleinman joining us. Uh, regarding a very special exhibit that's starting at Auschwitz, believe it or not. We'll discuss that. Um, Rabbi Avi Fischoff will join us. We had an amazing event last night. We'll explain what that was all about in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, a whole bunch of stuff going on here at um, JM and the AM. And apparently tonight, and I want to thank the sports rabbi, Josh Halleckman, for pointing this out. Apparently tonight in the NBA draft, there is a gentleman named Zion, and there's a gentleman named Yovel, <laughs> uh, apparently. I don't know where they'll go, although it does seem that Zion's going to be the first pick in the entire country. Uh, but yeah, you have a couple of uh, very interesting Zionistic names <laughs> uh, that are associated with the tonight's NBA draft. So, see what happens there. Should be an interesting... Should be an interesting night for at least a few uh, young ball players in this country, to say the least. Um, want to remind everybody that our spring fundraiser is in full swing. Uh, we'd love, absolutely love, to uh, close out the month of June with a very strong show of support from you, our wonderful listeners. Those of you out there who have not yet contributed to keep JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network going. For what we would consider the 36th straight year, right? The first fundraising marathon we ever did was in 1984. As hard as that that is to believe. Um, So those of you who are uh, inclined to help us get to a wonderful total before the end of June and uh, and help us out, if you want to just express your, your love, your devotion to this great radio show, and this wonderful network, then go to fjbunity.org. FJB for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org. Be as um, generous as you can and help keep us going for uh, yet another year here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I don't think we need to explain to this audience what we're all about after all this time. If you're a new listener, if you're a new listener, if you've discovered us over the last, uh, I don't know, few months, then uh, we have sponsorships at this uh, radio station, at this uh, network. We have um, we have <clears throat> wonderful um, advertisers, but there's a third 
stream of financial support that's so key to us, and that's a listener support. And therefore, I hope that the, everybody will step up and give something to our not-for-profit arm, which is uh, the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. It is a fully tax-deductible donation. Please be as generous as possible. If you want to give via telephone, if you're not comfortable with the whole Internet thing and you want to call and speak to someone, then after 9 a.m. this morning, feel free to call 212-529-4620. 212-529-4620. And I thank you for that. And those of you who want to simply send in a donation, it is Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, New York, New York, suite number three, 1002. Again, that's uh, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, suite number three, New York, New York, 1002. And as we always say, we thank you immensely. Thursday morning, it's JM in the AM, and we will continue with Matt Dubb, Barry Weber, Chaim Yisrael, all together with the song AFO. This is JM in the AM. Papa, I'm a father, 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 I'm a father,
JM in the AM with Sholi and Tovim Me'orot here at JM in the AM. Ellie Marcus with Shei Bane. You heard Tovah Hodas from Shalshalis Jr. Ohad had Lamelech. Libi Uvsari from Shlomo Katz. Yonatan Razel and Hatov. And Matt Dubb and company opened up the uh, segment with AFO here at JM in the AM. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday is next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. גלי צהל מירושלים, השעה שתיים. שלום רב, כאן אופק אלברט עם מה שקורה עכשיו. האסון בבת ים. המשטרה פתחה בחקירת מסיבות מותו של תימופי אשורתיה, בין התשע שנהרג אמש מנפילה מצוק בחוף בבת ים. בין היתר נבדה קשד לרשלנות מצד העירייה בגידור אזור התאונה. אמו אוקסנה סיפרה היום בדמעות, הוא כל מה שהיה לי. כתבתנו ליה ספילקין שמעה אותה. אישה מתקשרת ואומרת לי שככה הילד שלי שוכב ומלא דם ואני רצתי לחפש אותו, אני לא ידעתי איפה המקום הזה. ובאתי, ראיתי את זה, לא נתנו לי להיכנס. היה לי קשה, ילד כל כך היה חזק, הם מצליחו לימודים, כל כך אהבו אותו. מחצית מהעומדים לדין כבר הורשעו בעבר בפלילים, כך עולה מנתוני הלשכה המרכזית לסטטיסטיקה. עם הפרטים, כתבתנו מוריה אסרף. 92% מאלה שעמדו לדין הם גברים, רק 8% נשים. כמעט 90% מכלל העומדים לדין גם הורשעו בסופו של דבר, ויותר ממחצית מאלו שהתיישבו על ספסל הנאשמים בבית המשפט בשנת 2017, הם כאלה שכבר הורשעו בעברם. שר ההגנה של ארצות הברית לשעבר, ליאון פנטה, תוקף את הגיבוי שמעניקה ארצות הברית לישראל, וטוען, וושינגטון איבדה את היכולת להיות מתווכת הוגנת בעסקת המאה. הוא שוחח עם דניאל זילברשטיין ביומן החוץ. 
a balanced relationship. And because the United States appears to have given up that balanced approach, it's created serious problems. זה לא יכול להיראות כאילו ארצות הברית נמצאת בכיס של ישראל. תמיד ניסינו ליצור מערכת יחסים מאוזנת, ומשום שנראה בבירור כי ארצות הברית ויתרה על גישה זו, נוצרו בעיות רציניות. הראיון המלא מיד בגלי צה"ל. תוספת של עד 400 אירו בחודש תתווסף לקצבת שורדי השואה. כך סיכמה הרשות לזכויות השורדים עם משרד האוצר הגרמני, מדווח כתבנו אליאב בטיטו. במסגרת הסיכום יקבלו השורדים תוספת של בין 100 ל-400 אירו בכל חודש. סכומו הכולל של הסיוע יעמוד על כ-15 מיליון אירו בכל שנה. צעד זה מתווסף לצעדים אחרים, עליהם הוחלט לאחרונה ובכללם תשלום הענקים בסך 10,000 שקלים בשנה לכל שורד, פטור מלא ברכישת תרופות, תוספת סיוע בסיעוד ועוד. ועדת הכספים של הכנסת קוראת לדחות את סגירת שדה דוב בחמישה חודשים לפחות. יושב ראש הוועדה, חבר הכנסת משה גפני, דרש לדחות את סגירת נמל התעופה למרות הקשיים המשפטיים. מוקדם יותר היום פורסם בגלי צה"ל מכתב, ובאותן יושב ראש ההמלה לשעבר גיורא איילנד, כי סגירת שדה דוב תהווה סכנה ביטחונית למדינה. שוחחנו עמו ביומן הצהריים עם אפי בן אברהם וגל גבאי. אף אחד לא יודע בכמה פעילות חיל האוויר במלחמה חלקם מדויקים, עלולה להיות מחסור במסלולים פנויים לפעילות חיל האוויר במלחמה, וזה הדבר הכי חשוב שהמדינה תצטרך בזמן חירום. שיקול הביטחוני, זה שאני מדבר עליו, לא נשקל בכלל לאורך כל השנים. אם שדה דוב הוא תשתית לאומית, היה מצופה שהממשלה והכנסת היו מחוקקים את החוק הנכון פה מזמן. תחזית מזג האוויר, עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. ולסיום, פורסם מדד השלווה הבינלאומי. מי המדינה השלווה בעולם ולאן הגיעה ישראל? עם התשובות כתבת חדשות החוץ, עמית חדד. איסלנד היא המדינה השלווה בעולם זו השנה ה-11, כך על פי מדד השלווה הבינלאומי ה-13. ניו זילנד כתבה את המקום השני, ישראל במקום ה-146, ובמקום האחרון אפגניסטן, שהוכתרה כמדינה הכי פחות שלווה בעולם, במקום סוריה, שהחזיקה בתואר המפוקפק בשנה שעברה. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ואל. אנחנו מספיקים להודות לך, השם אלוקינו ואלוקי אבותינו. אין אנחנו מספיקים להודות לך, השם אלוקינו ואלוקי אבותינו.
שלום, מלאך עליון, מי מלך מלכם להכין הקדוש ברוך J.M.N.A.M. Thursday, it's Moshav Band with Shalom Aleichem. You heard O.D. Shama done by Eitan Katz, Yehuda Green, and I'm Mekadashe, and Einan Achnu, that was Diaspora, opening up the set here at J.M.N.A.M. Well, last night, as I mentioned earlier today, last night I had the uh, a wonderful opportunity, um, uh, courtesy of Avi Fishoff and the Beaker Cholem uh, organization, to um, be at what has um, been called a private-public partnership event. Investors Bank, and we were in the uh, branch on 13th Avenue in Brooklyn, and Beaker Holem had this uh, event together last night at the bank, and um, essentially it honored the president and CEO of Investors Bank, uh, Kevin Cummings, and at the same time recognized the uh, unique uh, partnership that Investors has with uh, organizations in our community, including Beaker Holem, who are the recipients of a wonderful grant to keep going with their incredible services, which, believe it or not, have been have been helping, have been assisting members of our community since 1952. The CEO of Beaker Cholem Chesed Organization, Guardians of the Sick, is Rabbi Avi Fishoff. He is with us live via telephone. Rabbi Avi, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning. Great to be here. Uh, pleasure. Uh, tell me about this unique relationship. How did investors find out about Beaker Cholim, and how did they decide to um, uh, go ahead and support the great work that you do? Going back to 2012, we uh, needed a little extra help besides the government grants. And uh, somebody just told me that Investors Bank, led by their president, CEO Kevin Cummings, is out there in the community, and they just began open new branches, and they're willing to get out into the community and helping other organizations to do that. Of course, and naturally in return, they'd like people to use their bank sure. for bank services. So I got an appointment, made an appointment, took a while with um, Mr. Kevin Cummings out in Short Hills in the main offices, and through Mendy Feigenbaum, who's our uh, vice president, as well as a board member who uses the bank for many years in his business interests in New Jersey, introduced me, and we went out there. And I met both a gentleman and a businessman, and I would say mainly a gentleman. He received us so beautifully. We spoke for a while, and I presented him with all our services, wrote up a bio and a short update of what we did the past weeks at and Kevin just grasped and got on and joined the bandwagon. And before we knew it, they were a, literally a partner of ours. And we had a little function in the bank, 
back in the 2012 in April. And now, eight years later, we have it again. Yeah, pretty amazing. It was a nice event. Kevin Cummings was the honored guest, president and CEO of Investors Bank. And as we pointed out last night, Ronnie Schaefer, the regional vice president of investors, also needs to be uh, acknowledged uh, for his role in all this. And as you said earlier, the uh, you know when a bank or a business steps up and supports an organization important to our community, we, we without a problem recommend to our listeners and to our constituents to go and do business with an organization or a bank, a corporate entity like that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that everybody in the community needs to know that investors has invested in the community. And if there are people out there who want to do business with a bank, they should check them out, right? Exactly. We had many businessmen there and all were introduced to Kevin. Everyone walked away impressed. They haven't met a man, a gentleman, as Kevin Cummings. Yeah, it was and a- uh, we keep on working with them. We, of course, use them as well. Now, you uh, you were with us during the Our Community Show United Task Force a couple of weeks back. Um, you outlined for us what Beaker Holm has done since the early 1950s uh, in the Brooklyn area. Uh, one thing I do want you to emphasize during this appearance for our audience is that those services just keep on increasing. Now in 2019, the list of what Beaker Holm is doing for the community is not, ju- is not just hospital visits or the, the traditional Beaker Holm uh, impression that people have. It, it is a variety, a long list and wide variety of services. And am I right that that list keeps growing? list keeps growing and expanding, elasticizing as well. We, um, our wording, our uh, logo is young to old. Right. We help kids going to camp this year. Our camp scholarship fund has been there for many years. And as all know, we've helped many Holocaust survivors, and we continue to grow. There still are, unfortunately, people that do, I should say fortunately, right. people that do need our help. And we are there to help them with whatever anybody needs. Just knock on our door, and we're there. And with the help of investors and others, we hope to continue to do it for many more years. Amen. Investors Bank, we salute you. Kevin Cummings, their president and CEO, was honored by Beaker Holm last night at this unique private-public partnership event. Information, you just log on. You'll find investors on the web, certainly, and you can uh, uh, and you can uh, seek out someone like Kevin Cummings or any of his great staff members uh, to talk business. And when it comes to Beaker Holm, which has been such an unbelievably uh, stalwart organization in our community, uh, based, of course, in uh, Brooklyn, New York, on 11th Avenue, uh, they are there with services for one of the most potent and largest Jewish communities in the entire world. They could be of any help to you or your parents or grandparents or anybody in that area. You could dial 718-438-2020, 718-438-2020. Rabbi Avi Fishoff, we thank you for including us and uh, continue your amazing work on behalf of the Jewish people. Thank you. Have a great day. JM in the AM, Thursday morning broadcast as we continue on this Thursday morning. This comes from Milo Cohen.
Myla Cohn actually calls that song the covered Shabbos. Thursday morning with 66 degrees, heavy thunderstorms in the New York area with a high temperature of 78. I welcome all of you who are tuned in around the world. Uh, go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and uh, feel free to comment on the app. We love seeing your comments. Uh, don't forget our spring fundraiser is in full swing. You know what that means? It means between now and the end of uh, July, excuse me, between now and the end of June, we want to make sure to um, include everybody in our fundraiser. Go to fjbunity.org and support JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Again, go to fjbunity.org and support uh, JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. There are sponsorship opportunities that you'll find on that website at the very top of the page. And there's really a wonderful uh, array of uh, unique ways to honor someone, to honor someone's memory and to keep us going with uh, with a uh, good dose of financial assistance. So please, be as generous as you can, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And, of course, we thank you. Rabbi David Goldwasser has the morning off. We thank him for all of his uh, dedication to our morning chizuk every, every Sunday through Thursday, I should say. Uh, but he, in fact, has the morning off and will return this Sunday with Matis on JM Sunday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Here is Mordechai Ben David. Shimmen, I could 
Mordechai Ben David, Kedai is his latest. That's the uh, single that came out around Lagba Omer time. Well, many of us have uh, heard the news from um, uh, last week when the um, city of Steyrot again was under rocket fire by the enemy. Uh, it's something that unfortunately our uh, brothers and sisters in Steyrot are used to. Not that you ever get used to it, but you know what I mean. And... Um, In this case, the yeshiva in Steyrot, the yeshivat hezder of Steyrot, under the leadership of Rosh Hashiva Rabbi Dov Fendel, who has been a guest of ours many times, and we have actually visited him in Steyrot and done shows from Steyrot with him many times, the yeshiva actually was hit. And uh, you can imagine the impact and the aftermath of that attack that it had on the community. With us live via telephone from Steyrot is Rabbi Dov Fendel, who is the Rosh Yeshiva of the uh, Hezder Yeshiva in the city of Steyrot in Israel. Harav Fendel, shalom, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Good afternoon here from Steyrot. Tadarabah. 
Let's start with the actual episode. What happened in terms of the yeshiva actually being hit by a rocket from the enemy? You know, we're very thankful that you uh, remember us. It's unbelievable. It happened only less than a week ago, and we, we almost forgot that they were reminded by looking at it every day and seeing what could have happened. You know, it could have been a mass tragedy, God forbid. We have to thank Akadosh Baruch Hu profusely for watching over us. At the same time, we have to tell the whole world that they just tried to kill us. Uh, thank God most of the guys weren't there. Had they been outside, the two guys that were right near, you know, just a few feet away from the, where the Kassam rocket hit, the building is protected, which is something we have to thank a lot of you guys out there for helping us, and it, it came in handy. It's a, li- it's, it's a little bit difficult to uh, understand, Rabbi Fendel. Uh, I just want to reiterate what he said. He just said that uh, that we... People around the world, including people in this audience, have to be thanked because the yeshiva's Beit Midrash, the building, is actually um, a built with uh, with measures that protect them from uh, uh, from severe damage in the event of a rocket attack. Um, even even with that, we see uh, we see what happened. Was was this um, was this part of a barrage of rockets? Was this because we keep hearing? On different occasions over the last couple of months, of times when two, three, four hundred rockets are being rained upon the area, or was this uh, what we would get? I guess referred to as some type of isolated episode. Terror is very cowardly. They do it. They trickle, trickle it in just to keep us on our feet, but at the same time, not to anger us too much, because they know that if they go too far, look, we have to have a real Zionist response. And that is, I think we have to go back to Gush Katif. And if you can't go back to all of Gush Katif, go back to the northern part, right in Iraq, right next to Sirot, Elisima, and Nisani, where a hideous crime senselessly evacuated, and it became Hamas land. It's not that they built beautiful homes. It all became a launching pad for terror. We have to hit them where it hurts most, and that is by retaking that area. Let's start with northern Gaza Strip. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but to live 18 years under this type of life is even more crazy. And we, we can't be afraid to say it. I just heard on the radio, we've been saying it very more and more. But thank God now there's a minister, Vitalos Mutrich, that he said it on Israeli television, and the anchors didn't fall from their seats. This is a real Zionist response. Let's go back to this Katif. Well, we want to tell you people out there that people in Sirot are strong. We're not going to let the Palestinians turn this place into a ghost town, turning into a capital of Torah and Zionism and building. We're not going to let them destroy. They can't keep up with the pace of all the buildings. They're building tunnels. We're building parks. They're flying kites. We're building skyscrapers. Unbelievable what's happening. Real estate is booming. Torah learning is booming. People are moving in. It's hard to find, it's hard to find an apartment. Because these guys are getting married. Almost every day, and our, you know we have hundreds of guys, and they're moving in, getting involved in politics, getting involved in education. The problem is, there's not enough apartments available for them. So, for those those who thought that the enemy could create a stay road that's a desert, a stay road that's a a wasteland compared to the vibrant stay road that was, just the opposite has happened. It's become more vibrant with a larger population and with more of a spirit of pioneerism among the young people. 
It may, these, these terror attacks make friends. You never know who you're going to meet in the shelter. <laughs> you know, the idea is that people leave their doors open just in case someone's outside and they need to run into a neighborhood shelter. And it makes us well aware that we're all in this together and that we have to be in this together. And, you know, we once had a neighbor that was a little problem because I'm like a spell and they saw all the guys at this maximum sports at the yeshiva jumped into that house and helped them out. And now they're our greatest friends. It's like a Kassam rocket to bring us all together. Yeah, I, li- I like the uh, I like the phrase uh, "terror bring terror creates friends." Um, how are things today? We we know what it was like a week ago. You described it to us, and many of us saw the videos and pictures of the yeshiva. Are, are things relatively quiet today? In unfortunately, and that's what we were. We can't let it happen. We forget from day to day. Something's happening to us. I guess it's just a natural way of defending ourselves. There are still balloons, fire balloons. They don't hit the city of Spiros as much, but all around. That's almost on a daily basis. And that's what we call that Paraka Ribonut. That breaks the sovereignty of the country of Israel. That's something if the state of Israel would respond to every balloon. And many of them, what Yogi just said, this attack on the Shabbat is there of zero. The state of Israel has to consider it as if, God forbid, we can't even say it, but as if five people were hurt by that Kassam rocket. And it's just because nothing happened doesn't mean that they didn't aim and try to kill. Yep. And that's not, that's not something we could forget about. Rabbi Fendel, what's the best way for people who are listening to support the Hezder Yeshiva of Stero, which we've described many times as one of the most important centerpieces of the community of Stero. You talk about the brotherhood, the togetherness, the camaraderie uh, that you described just a few minutes ago in the community. One of the reasons is because your yeshiva is right in the middle of Stero. How do people around the world support the yeshiva? And uh, I guess to an extent, support whatever uh, construction and rebuilding has to be done to the section that was damaged during the attack. That's, in, that's very important to know that, you know, people on Thursday night, it happened a week ago. On Friday, I was inundated by the Israeli press, and they made appointments with me, even in Kobe itself, on Sunday morning. And at the end, Saturday night, I got a few calls. Sorry, Lieberman, just, you know, things that interest us much more, and they canceled us. And that's why people around the world could do the biggest favor by not forgetting and knowing that we're here to build, to grow. We're building more. We're building now protected uh, kitchen, lunchroom, and extension of the base measures. We're completing a beautiful new protected dorm in memory of my mother that we raised money for in the past, and it's going to be populated very soon. Now we're finishing a campus. It's going to be one of the major campuses of uh, Torah learning, and we're very proud of it. And they're not going to stop us. It's, uh, you can look us up on the yeah, we have it right. We have it. We have it. We have it right here, and we're going to remind everybody. And and might I say, we didn't forget. A week later, we're checking in with you, and there are a lot of people behind this call. There are a lot of people, hundreds and thousands, in the Jewish community of the United States, who wanted to make sure that we check in with you and and see a week later how everyone's doing. So you 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 should know, and I know you do know, you should know that there are a lot of people. It may not be the Israeli press. But it's some of your uh, good friends, some some who you know already, and some who you haven't met yet, who are concerned about what's going on 
in Stay Road. Those of you out there who want to support American Friends of Stay Road, the Max and Ruth Schwartz Hesder Institutions, which of course includes the yeshiva, the Beit Midrash, etc., um, uh, you can go to uh, the website, stayroat.org, S-D-E-R-O-T.org. There's a donate button. You'll see it's very, very simple. Plus, of course, the address is right there for the American Friends in Passaic, New Jersey. So if you want to just send the check directly, all the information is there as well. Rabbi Fendel, as I just said, we are not forgetting you. We're thinking of you. And uh, I hope you send Dashcham warm regards to all of our wonderful brothers and sisters in Stayroat. I definitely will. I just want to add that even more important is to come visit us. You'll be flabbergasted what you see. It's something uplifting, very meaningful, and meaningful to us that you're with us. It's not dangerous. It's not dangerous. We have a lot of shelters here, a lot of protected buildings, and uh, a lot of intervals between. Some, you know, it's not a daily happening, and you're more than welcome to come see it and spend time. I'm glad you mentioned that. I may be taking that for granted because we have visited you so many times, Baruch Hashem. But yes, everybody out there, when you're on the website, there's plenty of uh, information, links, and contact information uh, arranged for uh, during your next trip to Israel, and a lot of people are going now in July and August, arranged to spend some time in Stay Road. They'll give you an amazing tour. You'll see up close and personal not only what you're supporting, but you'll see up close and personal what our brothers and sisters are going through on a regular basis. Rav Fendel, Todaraba, and Dashcham to everybody. Thanks a lot. Rabbi Dov Fendel is the Rosh Yeshiva, Max and Ruth Schwartz, Hesder Yeshiva in Steyrot, Israel. Thursday morning broadcast. More coming up on a very special Thursday right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast. That's Ohad, of course. Ten minutes before 8 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. Support J.M. in the A.M. and the Malcolm Siegel Network during our spring fundraiser. Go to fjbunity.org and be as generous as you can. fjbunity.org. That's where you can support J.M. in the A.M. and the Malcolm Siegel Network and keep us going and going and going, please, God. Again, it's fjbunity.org, and we thank you. Um, I want to remind everybody this coming Sunday, it's Jewish Heritage Day at the Brooklyn Cyclones. Yeah, remember the Brooklyn Cyclones? They're with us at the uh, Celebrate Israel Parade. The Brooklyn Cyclones um, celebrate Jewish Heritage Day this coming Sunday, 4 p.m. at the stadium, MCU Park in Brooklyn. By the way, it's supposed to be gorgeous weather Sunday. Yeah, it's supposed to be beautiful. Um... I'll be there toward the beginning of the game. Um, should be a lot of fun. It always is. Aside from the family-friendly entertainment of a great minor league baseball game, in addition to that, uh, they have the Mench on the Bench bobblehead giveaway, they have a T-shirt giveaway. They have a whole bunch of stuff, great packages. Go go to the uh, website, brooklyncyclones.com, brooklyncyclones.com, and check out what it's all about this coming Sunday with Jewish Heritage Day. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, go to uh, brooklyncyclones.com for information about uh, all of it. You'll see it on the website, brooklyncyclones.com for Jewish Heritage Day. Uh, I came across this morning a a photo of an invitation of a flyer uh, from our good friend Nina Butler. Uh, the Butler family in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, invites you and a few hundred of their other closest friends to their 28th annual NCSY Garden Sizzler. It's an adult-only gastronomic extravaganza <laughs> happening happening this coming Tuesday at 7.30. They'll have Mincha 7.15. The big sizzler begins at 7.30 at Butler Gardens. <laughs> They they wrote here, it's their third decade of horrifying vegetarians. Uh, now, when we were there, all donations, of course, benefit Pittsburgh NCSY. When we were in Pittsburgh, uh, for the unfortunate reason that we were in Pittsburgh to broadcast uh, earlier in the school year, um, we, uh, we, of course, visited with the uh, great Nina and great Judge Danny Butler. And I actually saw, I saw the site of the NCSY Garden Sizzler. And it's pretty amazing. Uh, they're ready. They're ready this Tuesday to really, uh, uh, to really feed everybody and uh, and make it worthwhile to support Pittsburgh NCSY. Online reservations: centraleast.ncsy.org/sizzler. Again, that's uh, centraleast.ncsy.org/sizzler. 
And as Nina pointed out this morning, just five days to go to the big event. So get ready, everybody. And I am sure, I am sure that if you uh, if you go this Sunday, this Tuesday, uh, in Pittsburgh to the Garden Sizzler, I am sure that Uri Butler will give you an amazing and incredible greeting. I'm just sure of it. I'm telling you. And for that alone, by the way, it's worth going and participating. So good luck to the Butlers with the event and uh, and a big shout out to Pittsburgh and of course Central East and Pittsburgh NCSY. Thursday morning broadcast here at JMNAM at 7 minutes before uh, 8 o'clock. And we will continue. Let's see what we got here. Uh, we'll continue with this brand new one. Comes from 8th Day at JM in the AM. I'll stand with you. ever known pain it cuts like a knife through your heart have you ever known shame it makes you hide out in the dark and i want to know why life can be rough we all are enough show me it's possible to never give up never ever give up no never ever give up better just give it a try fire and ice both in our souls we're all unique always hold just a piece of the puzzle in his great scheme
Yeah. 
Nishmas, a selection from Schleimi Gertner off the album Say I Say here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, that brand new eighth day selection, We All Belong, here on a Thursday morning broadcast. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Uh, David Weissman is with us live via telephone. Uh, David Weissman has created or co-founded a um, a page on Facebook that, frankly, it's another one of those things that I wish I co-founded. <laughs> it's a it's a uh, it's a um, Facebook page that's called Follow Team Israel. Follow Team Israel, and it is not dedicated to one sport. It is not dedicated to one athlete. It is dedicated to one cause. David Weissman, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. I bet more to be here. I bet more than just I have said to you they wish they co-founded this page. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so many people love sport and and love Israel, and and that's sort of what was the reason for creating it. Our, our passions for both of them. You know, I mean, on, on this show for years, we anything having to do with Judaism and sports or Ju- or Israel and sports uh, as the two uh, former or the two latter intersect, uh, we've always featured it. And we take great pride in Olympic athletes and team sports and when, you know, and when any Israel or Jewish uh, uh, team does well. You've really you've really incorporated all of that uh, into one place. Uh, into the Follow Team Israel page. Now, I don't want to speak for you. Um, I don't know if my description just now is sufficient. How would you describe what people can find on the Follow Team Israel Facebook page? So basically, you know, we we scour the Internet and uh, everything that's out there for all the news that's concerning about Israel and Jews and sport. And as you can imagine, there's a lot that happens out there. So... You know, I think even scratching the surface of it, but basically, you know, there's this incredible stuff happening all the time, and, and the craziest thing is that people don't really necessarily even knowing about it. You know, just this weekend, is a, a team of 40 Israeli athletes have headed off to Minsk to compete in the European Championships. That's a multi-regional sport. Um, in a couple of weeks, we've got Israeli softball and baseball teams trying to qualify for the Olympics. Wow. An incredible story, as Israel hasn't had a, uh, a team in a, in a ball sport at the Olympics in 40 years, wow. plus all the individual athletes out there. And the thing that's most important for us is that our athletes that are representing us sacrifice so much for us. And, and often, you know, they're not being paid well because they're not professional athletes in big-time sports. And so it's important for us to let them know what the fans think about them and connecting them with their fans so that they really feel like everything they're doing, you know, is is truly appreciated. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. Your most recent posts include a happy birthday, the Team Israel's Coach of the Year, Oren Smadja, post about uh, Robert Kraft and the Genesis Prize, a post about the uh, uh, Israeli fencers, a post about the Minsk 2019 European Games, which opened Friday in Minsk. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of wonderful things going on in sports, and I guess the uh, – oh, there's a roller hockey post as well. And I guess the, the best way to put this is that when a team from Israel, or one, again, that's identifiably Jewish, 
travels the world, especially if it's a high-profile sport, you know you're going to see a, a wonderful number of followers, sometimes in the tens, sometimes in the hundreds, sometimes in the thousands, who are there in the stands with their Israeli flags and cheering on for the one purpose, and that's to support Israel and support the Jewish people. And here, I think, with this page, it's essentially what you're doing. We get a chance to celebrate wonderful people among our people who are representing us really nicely in, you know, in different arenas around the world. Yeah, you're 100% correct. It's only uh, positive. We're just sharing positive stories that really make people uh, feel better about themselves. And, you know, it's interesting that you brought up the fencing. You know, no one really follows fencing a lot or knows anything about fencing, but suddenly we have a fence to win gold. I mean, everyone feels sort of pride, pride about that. Um, you know, and, and it's not really about the sport per se, but it's really just the story. And we, and we, we find that the, the fans really connect with the athletes independent of, of what sport they play. Remember, I think Israel's first medals in the Olympics were in judo and in, what was it, sailing? Was it called sailing? I forgot what the... Uh... No, judo is correct. Uh, we won two medals at Barcelona in 1992. Um, and then we won another medal in uh, canoeing in Sydney in 2000. That was canoeing. Um, but, yeah, you know, what we find also is that the Israeli team, you know, every Olympics is getting better and better. And when we've got some possible, you know, medal chances for, for Tokyo next year, which is now just over a year away. And there's a whole bunch of qualifiers and different matches that are going on between now and then, right? Yeah, you know... And, uh, you know, Israel's very active. And, you know, one of the things is, is that, you know, a lot of the stories were, were some of the only p people reporting on it because sort of the Israeli media aren't necessarily interested in baseball or softball or other sports like this. They're very focused on soccer or basketball or what there is is in Hebrew. So we're really, you know, sharing a lot of these stories to the world, and it's an incredible privilege that we... Um, don't take lightly. David Weissman's with us. He's co-founder of Follow Team Israel. I recommend to all of our listeners, when you go to Facebook, search Follow Team Israel and like the page. Simple as that. Follow Team Israel and like the page. And by the way, uh, here it is. I, I totally messed up by saying sailing. In 2004, Gal Friedman became Israel's first gold medalist in men's windsurfing. That's yeah. what it was. Men's was, windsurfing. Yeah. And that was, you know, and there was an unbelievable amount of pride over that event, and it didn't, you didn't have to be a windsurfing <laughs> fan <laughs> to, to be a part of it. And uh, what we're finding is that also now more and more Israel is hosting big, big sporting events. The European Lacrosse Championship for Women is coming up here shortly. Israel's also hosting the under-20 European Basketball Tournament, um, an event they won last year. So it also gives people the chance to come watch sport here and see these incredible athletes, which sort of comes off the back of last year's Giro d'Italia, the Eurovision. Um, so Israel's really getting more and more into sport, and it's, a, it's an incredible thing to see. Very cool. All things amazing. All right, David, I thank you, and the best regards to everybody at Follow Team Israel. Everyone out there, when you go to Facebook, simply like the page that's called Follow Team Israel. Are you guys on Twitter as well? Am I right about that or not? We, we are uh, a little bit in, in Instagram as well, but really our home is, is Facebook. We have 15,000 followers that we've sort of been building up to nice. and would, would like to have many more. And it's not just Jewish people, it's people all over the world who love Israel. 
they just they just like I said makes them feel better every day to sort of see what we've got to post. Even if you know nothing about judo and windsurfing, feel free to follow Team Israel by liking Follow Team Israel. David Tadarabab. Thank you very much. A pleasure. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
Yeah. 
Yeah, don't. 
with brand new music from Mordechai Shapiro. It's called Mode off the brand new album Akomi Shamayim. JM the AM Thursday, full schedule uh, all through the day at 9 o'clock right after JM the AM. Charlie Harari with Unlocking Greatness. Michael Fragan's on at 9.30 with Spin Class. Allison Josephs, Jew in the City Speaks at 10 o'clock. And Miriam L. Wallach with That's Life at 10.30. Live lunch will be done from our New York City studio right here live from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. Tune in and stay tuned in all day long to great information and entertainment right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, it's been wonderful over the last couple of weeks. I've had a chance to reunite with uh, Ellie Kleiman, who's been an amazing leader in our community for many, many years. So I'm at a couple of different events, including last night, the one we spoke about uh, with Investors Bank and Beaker Holem. And he told me um, a couple of weeks back about this unbelievable project that he has undertaken and that is literally going to be off the ground uh, 10 days from now. And I think it is such an exemplary project, one that the Frum community especially, I think everybody in the Jewish world, but especially those who are um, ritually, uh, uh, um, how do I put it, ritually observant, I think will find it even more uh, fascinating and intriguing. And he's here to discuss this with us live via telephone. He's founder and president of the Amudesh Memorial Museum, the Kleiman Holocaust Education Center. Ellie Kleiman, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's so good to be back talking to you. I appreciate that, and this project you have is amazing. Let's start for a moment before we talk about what you're doing next week. Just give us a general overview of the Kleiman Holocaust Education Center and how that effort, which we spoke about years ago, how it's been going over the last few years. Okay, so... Actually, it's called the Amudesh Memorial Museum, right? Um, and we have an education component within the museum. Mm. And we are currently in a temporary location in Mill Basin, Brooklyn, um, but it's operating as a full-blown museum just for school children from uh, grade 7 through 12. Wow. Over the last close to four years, not quite four years, we've had over 40,000 kids, school kids coming through. Um, they come in large school groups on a regular basis during these during a scheduled uh, school year, um, and they come in for a day at a time where we have uh, we have workshops, lectures. There's an exhibit area, uh, and what we are doing is teaching them the Holocaust from a faith-based from perspective, right. which has been largely overlooked by all the primary Holocaust venues in the world. What we're looking at, or what we're trying to teach them, is, first of all, about the rich history of European Jewry, which started a thousand years ago. You have all the communities that were developed, um, the Hasidic communities, the yeshiva world, and they were destroyed. 
I mean, that was the objective of mm-hmm. Italy, of Shemite, to destroy them, and many of those communities were destroyed, as we know. And it's, it's learning about the previous generations, about the grandparents, great-grandparents, etc., and what those communities were about before the war, what they went through in the Holocaust, and, of course, the miracle of the rebirth and the rebuilding of Klal Yisrael after that devastation. The, um, uh, first of all, I admire how diplomatically you've put it, uh, but essentially uh, you, you realized that there was a need uh, for, for Holocaust education from the perspective that you just mentioned for that age group, 7th through 12th grades. And with the numbers that you're getting, it's obvious that a lot of schools and a lot of programs out there are taking advantage of what you're providing. Absolutely. And we do hope uh, one day to establish a permanent location. We're working on something in, in Manhattan wow. uh, where it can be a full, large, large-sized, full-scaled uh, museum. But to give you an example of the necessity of, of Holocaust education today, and to know what happened 75 years ago, 80 years ago, um, my staff was telling me that they had a school group last year from Muncie. It's just one example, mm-hmm. uh, high school girls. And the standard question that the lecturer gives during the course of the lecture is how many Jews were, held, were killed in the Holocaust. Right. And a young lady raises her hand and says, 3,000. So that's kind of scary right. to know that not that many years ago and that, that this generation was almost destroyed and that our current uh, generations just are not connected, and they don't know. There's an absolute necessity um, for them to understand what happened, especially in this crazy world that we've got today, this world which is rife with anti-Semitism that is re-emerging in a very, very big and dangerous way. Yeah, and it's usually the enemy uh, that's uh, quoting a number 3,000 or one even much lower than that. Uh, well, your point is well taken, and you uh, you know obviously this audience uh, certainly agrees with you. It is a, a noble effort and a wonderful one. I'm so glad it's getting such a good reaction. Ellie Kleiman is with us live via telephone, Amud Aish Memorial Museum. Now, what you told me and what's really happening next week, which you'll describe, is you've wanted to, it seems, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you'll tell us, uh, you've wanted to take this concept that you just described and bring it to one of the most high-profile World War II areas in the entire world. Uh, explain what's happening next week in Europe. When you say the word Auschwitz or Auschwitz-Birkenau, the picture that everybody gets, that's the representation of the concentration camps mm-hmm. during the war. Right. That's the iconic symbol of concentration camps. And for the first time in the history of Auschwitz, the Auschwitz Memorial State Museum is allowing an outside organization, which is us, a Mureish Memorial Museum, to open an exhibit on the grounds of the concentration camp. It's an exterior exhibit. Um, of 18 living from Jewish survivors. That um, it's, it, The way it was designed, it's like a stainless steel bridge, so to speak. Um, it's on the outside, right on the side of the entrance as you come into Auschwitz, and you walk down this, this, this bridge, this path. It's not high up, it's on the ground, stainless steel, and you have these large poster-sized photographs of each of these survivors. Mm-hmm encased in glass, and there's a quote from them based on interviews that were conducted of them, which states how they were able to get through that death world of Auschwitz with their Betachen and Amuna and with Mesiris Nefesh, how all those things were kept intact, and how, in fact, their faith was what got them through. And that's a lesson that we can all learn that in the most difficult time, in, in the worst condition that a human can endure, 
that they still remember that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will get them through if they only have that resilience and that drive in them to try. It's an incredible message and such an important one, and one, as you said, has never been emphasized before in such a public forum. Ellie, a couple of details. First of all, it will be available there from when to when. For how many months will it be actually at the site of Auschwitz? The actual opening of the exhibit is going to be Monday, July 1st, and it will be there in place for a year and a half. As we go into 2020, 2020 is the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. And just so you understand how this came about, very briefly, for the last number of years, Amur Eish has been sending um, uh, teachers, lecturers, to Auschwitz for uh, a few weeks, usually December time, uh, to teach the guides and docents in Auschwitz how to conduct a tour, a religious tour of Auschwitz. And that's how it came about. Um, and the concept developer of, of the exhibit is our chief curator, Dr. Henry Lustiger-Taller, and he engaged Carol Englander, who's a world-renowned photographer, sure. uh, chair, chairwoman of the International Center for Photography in New York, and they traveled around the world to interview and photograph the survivors, and then they engaged um, a world-famous architect, Daniel Liebeskind, uh, he's the master architect of the rebuilding of the World Financial Center, as well as the um, museum, Jewish Museum in Berlin, and many, many, many iconic and, and important structures around the world. Daniel designed the exhibit, and it is, it is an unbelievable, magnificent uh, testimony to resilience and to faith, um, and also to the memories of those who perished. You know, I, you basically went with A1 talent in every area of this, which is... <laughs> Frankly, befitting uh, you know the memory of those who uh, who were lost. You know, you you literally went to the experts in each field to participate in, in this effort. And, 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 I, and, and, I, and, and I and then Nachum travels. It goes after the year and a half in Auschwitz. Um, it's going to be disassembled. It's going to be going to Russia first, then Israel throughout the United States, and then to Canada. We expect this to be on the road for, for a number of years. Uh, I hate to be that guy, but I'm just too curious not to ask: Is it hard to get this? to be accepted by those who are, I guess we'd say, in charge of the memorial at Auschwitz? Is it, is it, was it a difficult negotiation to have them agree that this be there for 18 months? No, it was not, because we have that relationship that we've developed with them over the years. Um, they have a lot of respect for what we're, we're doing. They have an understanding for what we're doing and accomplishing, and it's something different that's just not present. Right, it's not done anymore. And, um, so, you know, we, we got it done. It took time, obviously. There's a lot of legalities, a lot of discussion, even just about uh, erecting the memorial, because the, the exhibit, uh, because you really can't knock things into the ground over there. So right. there was all kinds of uh, challenges that we had to get over, but we got it. And uh, the other thing, and you know how important this is to me, and I, I'd lo- love for you to help me emphasize this, uh, this effort, which is all about faith, as you described, uh, is being undertaken uh, not only by you, but the, the team you've put together and the talent you've put together from all types of Jewish backgrounds. Would that be accurate to say that people... That is very accurate. People sure. of all... I mean, you, you are united from the most ritually observant to those who are, call them what you wish, you know, dedicated you know, Jewish, period, Jewish people in spirit or whatever term people like to use. Spiritual. And, right, spiritual. And, and all the way in between, and everyone in between, I should say. You, you have developed a team and a relationship with people who have one goal, and that is to emphasize the faith-based um, uh, aspect uh, to, the, to the Holocaust and to Holocaust survival. And I think it's important to point out, I mean, I can only imagine 
how unifying this whole effort felt to you along the way. That's, you got it. You're right on the mark. First of all, our, our staff at the museum is diversified. We have Hasidish, we have Yeshivish, we have all kinds of people that are working for us. Secondly, the, um, it, you can see the pictures of the school groups that have come through from, from, from Hasidic to the most modern um, Orthodox and uh, all kinds of, of groups from, from the, the uh, metropolitan area. In addition, there's an annual school contest, Nachum, uh, which uh, is available to schools around the country, and it's posted on the web. And two years ago, we had one of the winners from uh, the West Coast was a public school non-Jewish child um, who, who saw this and said, I want to enter, and actually won one of the prizes. Wow, very nice. So, so it's, it's, it's very accurate that this is open to anybody, and this is, this is the most basic, important education that, uh, that a Jewish child should have right now. Will all the participants, uh, all the talented people and the supporters, will they all be with you July 1st there at Auschwitz? We have a crowd of about 120 people we wow. expect to be there. Um, again, all kinds of people that are coming to participate. We're doing an actual trip, which is starting on uh, Thursday, June 27th. We'll be going through Poland, um, through, through Warsaw, um, going through several cities, we're going to be uh, going to um, uh, Lezhensk. We're going to do a lot of Lublin, a lot of the important stops in Poland over the course of Thursday and Friday. And we're spending Shabbos in Krakow. Um, and then we have tours of Benjin, which was another uh, important Jewish town in Poland. Uh, that's on Sunday. And then Monday is a special tour in Auschwitz itself for the group and the ceremony at 5 p.m. Then we return to Krakow for a closing dinner. Everybody will be leaving Tuesday morning. Yeah. We expect a nice crowd, an important crowd of people coming from all over. Um, and, of course, if, you know, if anybody's still interested, I can uh, yeah, give sure. basic information. Sure. Um, all you have to do is um, go to amudh.org and uh, click on the link for the Poland trip 2019 or call the uh, Amudh office at 718 759 6200, extension 1504, and one of our staff will pick up and be happy to give information. Informa- and by the way, folks, you should know that I told Ellie, if not for my uh, schedule on the 1st of July, this was a trip that I actually considered when, when meeting him and hearing about this, being there uh, with him. This is unique. Uh, just when you know the cynics out there might say, oh, another memorial, oh, another, uh, you know, uh, another uh, concept having to do with the Holocaust, this is one uh, that has really never been done before and certainly has never been exhibited in the fashion that Ellie has made sure this is going to be exhibited both at Auschwitz and then around the world afterwards. Uh, information about the trip, if you want to join, again, it leaves one week from today, but uh, these days people pick up at the last minute and go on missions right. like this. Uh, it's uh, amudh.org, amudh.org. There's information about the June 2019 trip, plus you can dial 718-759-6200, 718-759-6200. 6200 extension 1504 and uh, get information that way as well well ali kolakavod i uh, like i said to you when i saw you i thought this was something uh noteworthy and something that uh, even as you said 75 80 years later uh something important uh in the uh, in the arena of holocaust memorial and exhibits that uh, demonstrate what went on uh, during world war ii so kolakavod and i hope that the trip which uh, you're going to be leaving on a week from today is a great success and and really a big Kiddush Hashem. I think there's a tremendous element and potential for Kiddush Hashem uh, within this exhibit, and I'm sure you feel that as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Ellie, and good luck. 
Thank you, Nachum. Ellie Kleiman is founder and president of the Amudesh Memorial Museum. As you heard, he leaves a week from today with a very distinguished group of over 100 people um, for this, um, what will be on Monday, July 1st, the uh, inaugural, uh, the dedication of the uh, a special exhibit, faith-based exhibit of Holocaust um, Memorial and Holocaust Survival uh, at Auschwitz. And that will, uh, after a year and a half, will uh, actually travel as an exhibit, become a traveling exhibit around the world, all part of the Amud Asia Memorial Museum effort to uh, continue to educate people from a unique and faith-based perspective about the Holocaust. Call a vote to Ellie Kleiman and his team 16 minutes before 9 o'clock on this Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.
והמצאי לי, והמצאי לי, ולכל בני ויסי, ולכל בני ויסי, ולכל בני ויסי. וזוהי נויסי קוידם שאצטו גודך לוהם, קוידם שאצטו גודך לוהם. והמצאי לי והמצאי לי ולכל בני ויסי, ולכל בני ויסי, ולכל בני ויסי. מזוינו יישאי קוידם שאצטו עודך לוהם, קוידם שאצטו עודך לוהם. J.M. in the A.M. with Ohad, Shirhar Parnassa is the name of that one. Shimcha done by Gershon Varoba. Thursday morning, it's J.M. in the A.M. at 8 minutes before 9 o'clock. Good morning, all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, coming up, 9 o'clock, it's uh, Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari, then Spin Class with Michael Fragan. 10 o'clock, Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs, and then That's Life. 
with Miriam L. Wallach. We'll do a live lunch from our New York City studios right here starting at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Time until 1 o'clock. Then Throwback Thursday, etc., etc. want to thank those who've been donating. Thank you, Jerome Gross down in Lakewood, just donated on our fjbunity.org. Those of you out there who have not yet joined our spring fundraiser, if you're not a 2019 supporter yet, please change that immediately. Please go to fjbunity.org, support JM and the AM. Support the uh, Nahum Siegel Network and all of our efforts 24 hours a day on a daily basis. Again, that's um, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and I thank you for your continued dedication to our efforts for the last, yes, 36 years. Wow. He on the app says, looking forward to Ohad coming to Chicago this Sunday. Hmm. Is that what I heard about where Ohad's going to be this Sunday? I'm trying to remember now. Looking forward to seeing Ohad next week, though, that's for sure. JM and the AM, uh, we continue with another brand new selection from uh, Mordechai Shapiro. Album is called Hakol Mishamayim. This is one in a million at JM and the AM. I look alive No one knows what's going on inside So much I cannot do Just want to be more like you Does it even pay to try? Mm-hmm. I know one billion stars come out at night Each one with their own purpose, their own light Those stars are just like me Each their own identity It's all in my state of mind
J.M. and the A.M. One in a Million is the uh, title track. T- uh, not title track. It's one of the brand new ones from uh, Mordechai Shapiro. His title track is Akolmi Shamayim here at J.M. and the A.M. Don't forget us here at J.M. and the A.M. If you are not yet a 2019 contributor, please uh, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and become one ASAP. Um, we need everybody out there to... Uh, generously support us so we can continue every single day. It's been 35 years of doing this every single day, and now uh, we turn to you to get, keep us going for yet another one of those uh, wonderful years. FJBunity.org, and we thank you. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Oh, it's beloved, all right. Trust me. Those cynics out there who wonder about its belovedness. Trust me, it's beloved. Don't forget, full schedule. Charlie Harari's next. We'll do the live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in. Feel free to comment on the app whenever you wish. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. And I thank you all for tuning in and being part of this amazing radio experience. Tomorrow is Erev Shabbos. Make sure to be tuned in. Lots going on, including the weekly update. Malcolm Honeline in Jerusalem. He'll join us for the weekly update tomorrow at JM and the AM. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.